Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open, or you just love the convenience of no-shells pistachios, wonderful pistachios is the perfect healthy snack when hunger strikes. I happen to love me my pistachios. Uh, I don't want to screw around with the nuts, so I love the no-shells pistachios. Anyway, there are a bunch of flavors to choose from, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno, lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts, and each ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless, and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number. Along with your existing contacts, ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile, and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proved to have excellent coverage with no drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash Literally, $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hey. Hi. Do I, wait, do I hear so, like a weird, I'm hearing something you weird. You are. We're canceling it. It's, there's workers in my house and... We're breaking the news to them now that they have to stop. I love that. It it keeps my concentration thing of of acting when leaf blowers are going. You know, I think it's I think it's it's good uh, practice for us. I love that you said us like you included me in the acting group. Yeah. I mean, come on. You're the new wave. I at 38. I'm I'm an old (laughs) wave, but I am crashing in as hard as I can. Hi, everybody. What are you guys doing right now? What are you doing this? Some of you are on a treadmill. Some of you are headed back to work. Some of you are getting ready to go to sleep. This is what I hear because I do read the comments. So whatever you're doing, you're about to enjoy this talk with Eliza Schlesinger. And she's just so smart and funny and delish. Um, Delish. That's what Robert Wagner used to call people. He's just delish. And I haven't used it to describe one of my guests until this very moment. Um, Stand by. Eliza Schlesinger on the way. Can I just start by saying two things, even though it's your podcast? You can do whatever you want. What if I didn't add for like Casper? Um, (laughs) No, I like a lot of people my age. My first intro to you was Wayne's World. Yes. And because of you. A whole generation knows like the tiniest bit of Cantonese. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. And like I have those to this day, like I have some of your lines memorized. Oh, you're kidding. And, um, what was it like? You pick up the phone and you're like, why? And then I don't want to like imitate the Cantonese. If I get it wrong, I'll get canceled. Yeah. Uh, Pepsi Cola, Mountain Dew. And then you say like, Yung Tao Fao now. And then you look at Wayne and you go, picked up a bit of Cantonese while I was in the Orient. You know, you sound a lot like you're from Hong Kong as opposed or Kowloon Bay as opposed to Hong Kong. And she goes, I was born in Kowloon Bay. Anyway, that <laughs> I love you. The Kowloon Bay part was an ad lib. I just I had actually just gotten back from there and I I threw that that in there and they were they were they they let me keep that. But that was oh, it's great. <laughs> that is also um, is that I also like that scene where where um, she goes, I've never had French champagne before. I know. And I go, all, and then, all champagne yeah. is from France. It's named after the region. Just a dick. As opposed to a white wine. Oh, he was, 
But you know what? I look back and I'm like, I don't know if Benjamin was like, and then when you're holding the snake at the end, I felt so bad. Like, I'm like, as a person now who like really works for a living, I'm like, I don't think Benjamin was that bad of a guy. I think Wayne needed to grow up a little. Like there should be a part three, which is like your version. You're like, I'm hot. She's hot. She's with a loser. I'm just trying to make a record. I don't know. Just trying to make a, make a record and, and, you know, and, and, and maybe have some ratings. Maybe have some ratings. Date hot Tia Carrera. Yeah. She was, she was very hot in that and good. Yeah. She was very hot and good. And, and Mike and Dana had never done a movie. They literally, they, they literally did not know what a mark was on the floor because yeah. on SNL, you don't have them. Right. It's just like land your line wherever. I was like, I was like here, this is a mark. You need to stand here. The camera's not going to be, you're not going to be in focus. Oh, it is the hardest part that nobody tells you about because you know, you want to move and you forget like a huge part of this is actually just you being in frame. It actually is a lot to remember, not only the lines, but like where to stand. People don't talk about that. No, they don't talk about the fact that um, if the camera doesn't capture it, it doesn't matter how good you are. Yeah, nobody talks about that with good reason, because the world is on fire uh, and these are small problems. But these, yes, these are definitely not earth shaking issues. But no. that said, yeah, better learn them. If we're going to be in this business, you better learn it or else you won't have you won't have a part. Yeah, uh, that's you yeah. studied. I, I in doing my little research. Wikipedia. And then, <laughs> Wikipedia, Wikipedia jaunt. Were you, uh, you you studied Mandarin, right? At least that's, the, that's saying, what that's what one says. That's what I hear about you when you were in um, high school. I want to I want to yes and that so bad. But I think you may have looked up someone else because <laughs> if by Mandarin you mean seven years of Spanish and I can still only speak in the present tense, then yes, I took Mandarin. Yeah, it's just like Spanish. It's just it's just as easy. Yeah, they're they're very similar root languages. <laughs> root no. languages. They both come from the same from the same Google search. Because I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna be very impressed if that were true. Well, that just goes to show you. Have you ever looked at your Wikipedia page and gone, "What? Wait, I'm, I'm sorry, what? No." You know, Roblo, I really try not to. Um, I remember for the longest time, and this may still be there. It's kind of like this, like land that I left a long time ago, and I try not to think about what has happened kind of like the land of chew and swallow like i left and i don't know mm -hmm. what happened to it um for the longest time like one of the first lines was just like she is a comedian she is jewish and i was like that feels really unnecessary to point out up top and it feels weirdly pointed mm -hmm. like there's something weird about it yeah and it's actually probably a pretty boring page but i never look at it i'm obsessed with people's hair mostly men's because you have great hair and you know when you were the most glamorous is in Behind the Candelabra? Oh, I hair. love that. You, <laughs> just the look and the takes they got out of you and just like the, the looks you gave and the hair and the face. It was just, you're like, I kind of want that doctor in my life. Like as like a gonzo doctor friend, just like randomly prescribing stuff. Don't that you? That was great. Yeah. Thank you. I had more fun doing that. And I, I want that doctor in my life. Just like I okaying everything. Take these pills. It's fine. Everything. Oh, and it's good. Yeah, gonna look yeah. fabulous. That, that that voice. Do you remember um the um uh, the the men's warehouse commercials? You're, You're gonna, gonna look, look I guarantee it. Yeah, that's where I stole the voice from. That's the oh voice. My God. See, folks, inspiration can come from anywhere. Anywhere. That is so funny. I guarantee it. Now, if you yeah. look enough, you have watched it, you it's like a, just a shameless, absolute rip of that voice. You're going to like the way you look. That's I the voice. You're a little, I think yours is like a little bit sultrier, if that's a, <laughs> a word. I don't remember him being, what was his name? I'm trying to remember it now. I know. Um, Google him. George Zimmer. That's because I grew up in Dallas oh, yeah. and I remember my dad was in the menswear business. And oh, like really? Done some, oh, yeah. And so that, you're going to love the way you look. I guarantee it. Like that guarantee. New York Jewish, like that voice. I even say guarantee, I think because of him. I guarantee it. It was so inculcated in my mind. I just was like, I knew I was going to be doing this movie with, you know, one, two fantastic actors who I admire and they were going to be cr just cr fucking teeing off. You just yeah. knew it, right? Just yeah. teeing, fucking swinging for the fences just and they're chewing up that scenery. And yeah. I, I was like, well, I'm going to get eaten alive if I don't come up with something. <laughs> 
You're like, I got to fuck up my face and have a weird voice. I got to do. I mean, it was like the most shameless actory actorson thing to do. But I was like, I got to do something. And yeah, God bless Soderbergh was like, no, go for it, man. Go do your thing. And it was like, you're so good looking. Get get weird. We'd love to see. Just tone it down. Tone down that jaw. Just or turn it up or or I think turn it up. You facetuned Rob Lowe, and and you what you became was a white woman from Palm Springs. Yes, I also the other thing I think you'll appreciate because you cre- create such great characters is, and I want to talk to you about what goes into your noggin when you're coming up with them. Was I was like I want him to be like one of the guys you would see at the Laker games in the late '80s with really good seats, but not great seats. Oh. Like not, That's a great comp. It right? I thought you were going to say James Goldstein. Uh, well, I, I cannot believe you know James Goldstein. I how do you know James Goldstein? But how do you know of James Goldstein? Oh my! Uh, I'm very impressed. I'm just a person who lives in L.A. who like keeps my finger on the pulse. You do. Um, I went to a like tennis charity. I don't know what it was. Event forever go at his house he wasn't there he's so rich he's just like yeah i use my he's house like gatsby he throws how he throws parties yes. and then doesn't yeah he's like gatsby did yes um that's exactly what it is and you know he's just a sort of like la local celebrity icon i saw him crossing the street he's like angeline he is like weird angeline. looking 100 like angeline that's exactly obsessed. what he's like so james goldstein for those of you who don't live in la oh um, man but if you do watch sports and you keep your eyes peeled basketball only he yeah. sits on the floor yeah. in a full leather, evil Knievel, Elvis, late Elvis style jumpsuits. Like, do you remember what Michael Jackson wore on his like dangerous tour? Like all those buckles and leather. That's what James Goldstein wears. And a cowboy hat. And a cowboy hat. If Tom Petty was left out in the sun, but had access to all the leather workers in the world mm-hmm. and buckles and bedazzling, that's James Goldstein. If Tom Petty's face had was more leathery than the actual leather yeah. he was wearing. And he, for those of you that don't know, he only is ever with like smoking hot models. He has like what can only be like, I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of Vladimir Putin's house in Russia. It looks like something a villain has. He just like has this like spaceship mansion in Beverly Hills, up in the hills and I think he made his money on real estate, but this guy just like lives the life. He loves basketball. I think, what does his business card say? His business card, will you ask? No, we'll go get Noah. His business card says something like fashion, basketball, real estate, or like it's just like three yeah. things that define him. Here's my favorite. He has season seats to the Lakers and hates the Lakers. That's a special kind of weird to like endorse a brand by giving it your money, but you're hate watching it because in the end, the brand wins. Brand wins. Right, like um, he's associated with them. But yeah, no, it's so funny that you say that because that was for sure in my mind. That's so funny. I mean, you, um, right? It's more like the that that absolutely had a little bit to do with it. But but in the end of the day, James is he's a baller. He's cool. So I was like, what yeah. would be the lesser, what would be the lesser man's version of him? Well, and the, that's the, the doctor. More feminized. Like you're a little bit more glam. Like I think you had lip gloss on. Your hair was definitely flat ironed. Oh yeah. What does it say? Oh. Fashion architecture basketball. Fashion architecture basketball. What a great business card. No multi hyphenate, no producer. It's just like, here's what I'm into. Fashion architecture basketball. Fab. I like that he has a business card. Just to let you know what he's into. Like my business card would say like my dog, Sour Patch Kids, reruns a Frasier. No contact info. I like that. I wonder what mine would say. I'm going to have to think of that. That's a really good parlor game. Yeah. That's a really good parlor game. I like parlor games. I like, because I'm a big baseball fan too. I like to think of what would my walk up song be? You know, you have to have, you get to do that. And like, you get like five bars of any song. And I was, I was thinking it's probably Eminence Front and The Who. Okay. A little dated and a little white. Yeah, that's. You know, it's very white and very that's dated. That's okay. It's okay to be white. And I'm okay white and dated. Get... I mean, you don't get any more. I mean, listen, I own it. You don't, you don't get any more what human than that? These are white, just, uh... white and dated. Like, you know, that's okay. A uh, little past my sell by date, maybe. No. Are you asking not. me to validate you, Rob Lowe? I am. I I'm kind of doing okay. I'm just kind of like, like circling it, hoping for a little something, but you know. Oh, yeah. you're doing great. <laughs> Hold that thought. 
We'll be right back. If you're thinking about doing some home remodeling, check out Window World. Go to windowworld.com and check out their Windows Inspiration Guide. The guide is a dream book of page after page of beautiful windows. It's not just about how good they look. These beauties earned the Good Housekeeping Seal and Energy Star Certification. Go to windowworld.com to schedule your free consultation. Tell them you heard about it here on Literally with me, Rob Lowe, Window World, America's Exterior Remodeler. Well, you know, no two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas, vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activity allow for such an infinite number of different travel experiences. I mean, I love Texas. I go like this. The people of Dallas, the culture of Austin, and I love any time I get there. If you're a beach person, well, you can go have fun in the sun with Texas 350 miles of coastline. If you're a rugged vacation type, there's campgrounds, hiking trails, state parks, golf is nuts there, foodies, you got your Texas barbecue and live music in Austin. And of course, if you're into the cowboy scene, you can certainly find it there. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom trip matched to their own unique interests. So visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Hey, listeners. Ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know what I what I love about you? One of the things I love is... Um, Tell me. I think you have a very particular talent. Are you ready for the talent that I think you have? Uh-huh. You come up with fucking amazing titles. Oh, thank you. I think your titles for, for your shit is... So, they're so good. Wait, I had a bunch of them that I that I wrote down here. I mean, there's of course there's War Paint, which I just like because I thought it was like War Horse. Yeah, is it very similar to War Horse? No, it is. That is not the reference. It's not. It's material. not. It wasn't. It wasn't War, War Horse. That no horses. Uh, it was a reference at the time to the amount of makeup women have to put on and how this is in my early twenties going out. You know, this is battle when you're trying to yeah. meet someone. So. I figured they actually did. I actually did figure that's what it was, and it's a great yeah. title. Uh, Freezing Hot is a great title. Confirmed Kills is a great title. That was my favorite title, to be fair. Confirmed Kills is the. It's one of those times where you go, why, why hasn't someone used this already? Because it's so genius. Yeah, because comics, you know, you're supposed to kill. We have. No, a whole, yeah. I have a whole bit in there about uh, how your grandpa went to war at 15, and what the names we have for our grandparents now, like Pip Pop. You're like this guy. <laughs> killed a German with his bare hands and you're naming him like a bunny rabbit. Um, <laughs> That's right. But I, it was a tough, it was, I did a lot of upper body workouts for that one. It was a very tough sort of battle cry versus like dicks and stuff. <laughs> like I wanted it to be like a tough thing. Did you go for your full like Demi Moore G.I. Jane scene? Like we're like one-handed push-ups and shit. Did you get like I shredded? did have someone beat me up <laughs> with my hands tied behind my back. Uh, I just did. I just, I just, I think it's important to, I do a very physical show and I like to do my best to sort of have my physicality match the intent of the material. Mm. And so I felt it was a a shift in what I'd been talking about and it was a very strong thing. And then for Elder Millennial, which came after that. By the way, another great title. You know what? I invented that term and now it is ubiquitous. And of course you can't cite me every time you use it because it's just in the ether, but I did come up with Elder Millennial. You heard, you heard it here, folks. Anytime you see it in Vogue or a write-up, it was me. I mean, I get what the literal usage of it would be, but what does it come to encompass, Elder Millennial? Elder Millennial it speaks to, so my generation, we are millennials, but we're at that tail end 
Um, so we are the elder millennials. We yeah. are the, the eldest of that group because when people think millennials, they think people who in like 2006, 2007, 2008, maybe you were in college, but I was already out in my twenties. So we're kind of, mm. we have our own little carved out gerrymandered part of, uh, real estate in time. And what's the new gen? I saw the new phraseology the other day. It's for- called, they're called the cancel culture mob. Yes, just, that's it. And when it. you draw them, yes. it's just people with torches and pitchforks. And phones. An iPhone and, and a phones. pitchfork. And no one's talking to each other. That's right. iPhone's on fire. That's and it. a JPEG of a pitchfork. That's what it is. Yeah. Those, that's uh, Gen Z. Very progressive generation. Um, super idealistic because they're young. But they will see. I also like the way you said it because they all use upspeak. So Gen Z. Gen Z. Everything has a question mark. At the end oh, of funny. it. funny. Or is that just here in LA? Like, no, no, is that kind of like that surfer no, no, culture? No, no, no. There is, it, it's called upspeak. It's an actual mm. thing, which I love that it's called that. Mm. So I was just going to go get some lunch. You know what? I actually prefer that to the sort of lilt that like, and then I was going to go, I'm like doing like a very Jappy like Long Island accent, but like, and that like, and we were going to go and I was going to like check my email and eh, like, it's like this uh, lilty, yeah. melodic um, so, I, here's what I hate is when people tell stories and then he came over and then she was there and then Bill came over with that and they start doing this, this, and this is the way they say it and everything's in this rhythm and, and, it, and what it makes you do when you're listening to this kind of story. And when they're talking like this is you just tune terrible. out. This is terrible. The example is terrible. The example's terrible. You've tuned out before I've even finished the example. Here's what it is. Most people are not interesting and most people do not have new information to give you. And so you can develop a shorthand with loved ones and employees to be like, okay, okay, just give me the info. But a lot of people like to hear themselves talk, themselves talk. And, uh, and people, not all people are versed in the art of storytelling. And so, especially as a comic, you want to like, you want to cut the fat as much as possible. You want to get to it. Um, And I actually find with a lot of podcasts, which is why, I'm very specific about what I listen to or the ones that I like because everybody thinks they could be a good comic. Everybody thinks they'll be a good host. And so you get these, it drives me crazy. You listen to a podcast and people, you know, they just sort of, I guess for lack of a better term, are taking their time with it. Is that, is that what we're just like laughing at nothing? And you're like, speed it the fuck up. Speed the fuck up. And the other thing is, I think it's the end, they've listened to too much NPR. I didn't want to, it is true. It's right. Really, For sure it it's, is. It's like this vacuum, like you're in a vacuum and it's almost asmr but I'm really just pontificating and really exploring my sentences because I didn't plan them out. And it's like, who told, who gave you the green light? Uh, I'm so glad you're making me feel so much better about the part of myself that's ugly, which is <laughs> super judgmental. And, and like, I led with that. That's a part of you. And I've been leading with it. <laughs> I, I, I know. And I think it's great. It's like, it's great because it's that part where you're in a wedding and somebody's toasting and you're like, really? This is the fucking toast. Really? Oh man. Oh, right. Man. Yeah. It's like people don't know before they go and they think this will be great. And then it's so terrible. I mean, I've definitely seen some bad ones. I think judgment has gotten a bad name in our society. Oh, please keep talking. This is your, you're doing more for my fucking mental well-being than all my psychiatry. Sure. Keep going. This is great. I just think the difference is we all talk shit. We all like to get things out. The difference is, are you intentionally harming someone? Like I may think someone's the worst, but I'm not because I'm not a sociopath. I'm not going to go to their Instagram page and be like, you're the kill yourself. I hate you. You're the worst you know, or comment on their body or anything. The best thing to do, if you don't like a celebrity or if you don't like another actor, another person, you give it no oxygen. We keep feeding stupid people and stupid stories. But this thing where it's like, you know, no judgment, I can't judge. Of course you judge. If you don't, you have a brain. That's how we discern what's good and bad, the vibrations we want to be around. So I think it all depends on what are you doing with that judgment? Are you trying to harm someone There's nothing wrong with secretly talking shit. I have friends who I have exclusively. We talk shit about the same two people and it's been a decade and it's just this cathartic thing. You just call and there's no new information, 
but to act like we don't do it, like, oh, I'm in a, my, my biggest red flag is when I see someone in one of those like spiritual gangster shirts or like good vibes only. I'm like, you're a bad vibe because if you only <laughs> want good vibrations, there cannot be good without bad. You cannot keep it positive 100% of the time. It's exhausting. So we should allow for uh, some scrutiny and some comedy instead of just demanding we all get into a big circle jerk and hug. Let's talk it out. Let's judge, but be nice. Right? I, I agree. And, and, you know, when you get, when you start judging, and listen, you're right, like down to its most essence, how do you think that the cavemen figured out not to put their hand in the fire? They were going to get burned. They made a judgment. Oh, this is hurts. This is, this fire's bad. You know, that's, it's part of our, our nature. I'll do you one better. You know, the expression, like, turn your back on someone. Yes. This was literally, not cave women, but probably a thousand years later, if someone didn't like you in the tribe or in the group, they would cast you out because you did something. Now, at the time, it's probably unforgivable, like you ate a bunch of berries. But when someone's a pariah or weird, you turn your back. You literally are saying, we're not going to show you how to catch food or feed yourself. We're putting our backs to you so that you're out in the cold. Um, yep. And because they judge you and some, you know, you're not going to kill anyone, but not everybody deserves you or to be let in this idea. Okay, but do that, we do we yeah. turn our back and make them a pariah and we don't teach them how to gather food if they're if their sin is just that they're bad storytellers? Yeah, no, I don't know. And also the good news is or you can always find another tribe. Right. Right. There's plenty of tribes out there. And I don't know if you that's a great question, too. Does this do you? Turn someone into a pariah or were they already that? And now you're kind of bringing up a whole thing about like social rehabilitation and taxes. And I don't have that answer. But at a party, if you're giving me a creep vibe, I'm going to go stand somewhere else. If in, in this business, in this career, you get a bad vibe unless like I want you to green light my show and then I'll pretend like we're best friends. Yeah, but if it's course. a bad vibe, you're just like, I don't, you know, you ever meet someone you're just like, there's something about them that doesn't sit right with me. And then you, yeah, it was Harvey Weinstein. No, but it's just true. Yeah, it does happen. It does happen. It one it one hundred percent happens. Tell me, I I need to hear about non rom com com. So I've written this movie, good on paper. I starred in it, and it's going to be on. I don't know when this podcast comes out, but it's out on Netflix June twenty third. Yes, we're billing it. I was saying it's a non rom com, but Netflix called it a rom con, which I love. Ooh, ooh, wait a minute. How great is it when like the when the suits come up with something awesome like that? I they out titled them- you. Yeah, yes. you're good. Thank you. I give them all the credit for rom-con because we kept coming up with different ones. And every once in a while you get a, you get a creative person who's like, what about this? And they just sink it from downtown. And you're like, Ooh, yes. Whoosh. So, yes. Whoosh. Whoosh. Um, we actually, I watch a lot of basketball in our house. Uh, I don't know if you're a basketball fan, but yes, of course we, uh, my husband prep mentally prepared me. He came in with the most serious face and he was like, because he's a diehard Suns fan. And he was like, I just want you to know, going into the playoffs, this was several yes. weeks ago, mm-hmm. he's like, I've, they haven't been in the playoffs. Like 92 this. or something. He's like, and I've been a fan my whole life and I just want to prepare you because I don't know how I'm going to be. Like he was acting like he might be different coming home from war. And mm-hmm. like he was just preparing me for the emotions that may come from him. <laughs> And at the end of the day, it's just us sitting on the couch, me looking at my phone, and he's just very quiet. Even when they win, he's just like, okay, we've got to get to the next one. Like, it changed him metaphysically as a yep. person. Yep. So. Been there. But I know all about uh, Devin Booker. So, there you go. So, watch out. <laughs> anyway, the movie is based on a, it's, we call it a true story based on a lie, a mostly true story based on a lie. And it is based on something that happened to me. I dated, I met someone and we became friends. We were friends for about a year and we dated for about three months after that. And we're going back to what you were saying about judging people. I didn't, I wasn't attracted to him when we met, but I liked him as a person, but I just wasn't, you know, I didn't want to date this person. And we dated for about three months after we were friends for a year. And it was only at that point that I found out Every single thing he had told me about himself from the day I met him on an airplane was a lie. Wow. So this movie, it's like, it's a rom-com with like a touch of talented Mr. Ripley with like a drop of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because two thirds of this movie are true. And then the end is a revisionist history. (laughs) Uh, First of all, talented Mr. Ripley. 
one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Seen it multiple, multiple times. It's so, this sounds great. It's, this happened around 2015 and, you know, I'm sure you know how difficult it is to get a movie made. And subsequently, not because of this, but I started seeing like Dirty John and like those types of stories, like Dirty John became a thing, but this happened to me prior to that. And it was only, I shared the initial story years ago and it was only in sharing it that I found out how many people something like this happens to. And there's like these themes of lying. You know, this guy lied about uh, someone in his family being sick. He lied about what he did. All this weird stuff. Not the kind of lies that you're trained to have an alarm go off. He wasn't like, I'm the king of France and I have right. a fleet of white horses. Mm-hmm. It was normal stuff like where he went to school and like things that you don't think to question. And um, this movie is about being with someone, being friends with someone, falling for them because your heart opens up and then that discovery. And it's all, it's a true story. That is so insane. How did you, how did you really feel the first time you cracked the first lie? I mean, not great. <laughs> not even vindicated. You're just like, oh my God, like I slept with this person. It was, um, it was, so the, my co-star in this is Margaret Cho and she plays my best friend, Margot, um, who is based off of my real best friend. Uh, th- her character is a, an amalgamation of like three women in my life. One of whom was my mother, who I didn't want to put in the script, but my mom, I don't remember what tipped it off, but I was friends with this guy for like a year and we spent a lot of time together because I'm a comic. And so my hours are odd. So mm-hmm. I'm not having dinner when a normal person is. And when you're going on a date, I'm getting ready for work. And then you're seeing me on your date. And then I'm having dinner at like 1 a.m. So to have someone that was like, yeah, I'll meet you for dinner at 1. Yeah, when are you free? I'm free. Like he was so malleable because I thought he was so successful. He could pick his own hours. So it was, I was like, great. I'll be getting drunk at the sake bar. See you soon. Mm-hmm. Um And I don't remember what it was, but he, the day I met him, we were on an airplane and he said, and we just met each other. Like I was coming home from Thanksgiving and he was like, oh, my name is Dennis Kelly. And I was like, oh, would you go to school? Because, you know, we were in our early thirties. So this is still a question you would ask. Yeah. And he said he went to Yale and I wasn't, I mean, that's a great school, but like my cousin went there. A lot of my friends went there. So it's not like he was like, I'm the Sultan of Brunei. Right. Exactly. And this, these are my courtesans. Um, and my mom, I don't know what it was, but this was, you know, a year into being friends. My mom called me one day. She had some questions about him. Something was off. And she just said, I called the Yale registrar's office. No, I love your mother. Yes. Your mother is a genius. Yeah. She was something off. And I was just like, okay. And she was like, they don't have a record of a Dennis Kelly having gone there since like 1985. This is really talented, Mr. Ripley. It actually is. It's so weird because, and every, it's so easy to judge this story and be like, oh, you know, how didn't you see it coming? But who questions where, what someone does or where they went to school, especially when it's not an extraordinary thing? Yes. And it's, yes. And it's not being used as a linchpin for something bigger. It's just a right random factoid, random factoid within the first five minutes of meeting someone. And there was no money exchange. Like, it's not like I was a gold digger and he had money. Like, exactly. make my own money. I've had my own house. Like it's not even a question. So it wasn't, I wasn't getting anything from him other than a friend that was easy to hang out with. Right. There's Um, nothing in it for him to lie. In other words, there was no no reason reason right up top other than like scathing bone rattling insecurities that came from society or his face or whatever. Uh, And so she said that and you know, in movies, it's always like the girl hangs up on her mom or her best friend. Like, you're just trying to ruin my happiness. I didn't think that, but I was like, okay, this is weird. And I remember saying to him, like, can I see your Yale diploma? Oh, my God. Because, like, we all have our college diplomas. That's like, mine's good, in the That's closet. a good scene. Does he, does, now, if it's t- t- really talented Mr. Ripley, all of a sudden he goes, why would you want to see that? Like, with a well, semi-charming, weird look in his eye. Did he do that? Yeah. There's an art to making somebody question because that's insane. And he, I remember, and I put it in the movie, he said, I don't have my undergrad degree hanging up. I'm not a dentist. It's a good Which line. was so fucking funny. It's a good And line. what I liked about him was how funny and smart he was. And I'm like, you're right. And he's like, yeah, it's in storage. And I'm like, yeah, you're not an asshole. 
you don't at 30 something have your degree hanging up, which I don't. It's in a closet, in a frame. And then there were little things like he had bought a house, but he was moving into it. Now I've bought houses and I know that sometimes you can't move in right away or you decide to renovate something before, you know, you can hear my buzzsaws now. But so he's like, I bought a house. And I was like, oh, you know, we were friends forever. But because I was not sexually attracted to him, I never wanted to be out drinking with him and go back to his house. Like I never wanted it to be inappropriate. So Mm. I never... And I'm not like available during the day. Like no one goes to someone's house to just sit there. So I never check. I have best friends and I'm not positive where their apartments are. This is LA. You rarely go to someone's home unless like you have children. Right. Right. Yeah, it's true. And so I kind of just was like, oh, he's buying a house and he hasn't moved in yet. And then I finally, I got him to give me the address and I went and it wasn't a house. But then he had an excuse. He was like, this is my friend's apartment. I keep my stuff there. And then it got into, this is, you know, months later, my mom has cancer and she's living at my house. So then you back off. You're like, oh my God, I, I can't believe your mom has cancer. Of course you're letting her live at your house while she gets treatment at UCLA. Like, of course I don't want to bother her. Oh my God. Like, I don't know what sort of weird moneyed old line arrangement you have. And he's like, the name's house is actually in her name for tax reasons. And you're just like, I don't understand how that, of course that makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. It makes perfect sense. Rich people do, they have their own habits and weird things. And I'm like, I got a condo. I, it's in my name. It may be in a trust. I don't know. And so it's stuff like that. And um, this movie details all of that because through the movie, you're kind of wanting it to be okay. You're wanting everything to yeah, be okay. Yeah, because he has lines like, I'm not, I don't have a hanging on my wall, my dentist. You're like, ah, this yeah. guy's kind of a genius. Everything has like this really good, like really quick, good answer, which is what tips off my co-star Margot in this. Now, let me ask a question. Did you yeah. make the movie avatar of this guy better looking and like more sexually snap, crackle, pop? Than it's a, it's a complicated did? question because if we I, cast- now, See, I can see your face right now. The people can't see your face. I can see, yes, that face. You're kind of <laughs> like going, yeah, kind of did, but I kind of didn't. No, it's, well, it's, it is complicated and here's why. If you cast a Rob Lowe, um, (laughs) then you wouldn't understand why the main character, Andrea, that's my name in this, you wouldn't understand why she wasn't into him. Here's a very handsome, educated, smart guy. (laughs) You're very nice. What's wrong with her? And it kind of makes you not like her. So he had to be unattractive from the get-go because like pheromone-wise, you're just not into someone. Right. Um, Yeah, Yeah. We made a decision early on because this was such an independent film. Um, we were like, we're going to offer these parts. We're not going to send this out to, you know, and wait for six months to get a read while an actor Smart. figures out how to read and reads it. And uh, Oh, it's unbelievable how long it takes. It's unbelievable. I always read things immediately just Me too. out of respect. Same. Yeah. Or read the first five pages and then say I read it and, then I, and you pass. That's Same. a lie. I don't, I don't get offered enough to pass enough. Um, but sure. And so... The director, Kimmy Gatewood, she suggested a guy named Ryan Hansen, who I had never heard of, but was in like iCarly, which of course I'm too old to have watched that. But he's, you know, and he's like a handsome, he's like a golden retriever. Like he's a good looking dude and he always plays good guys. And she was like, he's great. I think he'd be great. And she like floated it to him and he wanted the part. And you seldom get your performance in Behind the Candelabra, notwithstanding, you (laughs) seldom get Good-looking guys who are like, yeah, I want to play a creep who's unattractive versus like Captain America or the romantic interest. So a part of it, and I'm sure you understand this as an actor, like getting someone who's ready, willing, and able, like off the bat, like it just changes everything. And he showed up. I remember looking at him. I was like, this guy's not ugly. Like this doesn't work. He showed up day one. He's like, I'm going to make myself, I got a tooth guy. And he came with like fake teeth and he dyed his hair. And he got glasses, like the international sign for like not hot in Hollywood. (laughs) And he wore a padded suit and we dressed him kind of dorky. And the teeth changed everything. And so his willingness to be like, yep, I got this. Oh, how he must have been felt so liberated. I think it was fun for him. And he played pathetic really well. (laughs) Like at first you're like, oh, this guy's sweet. But then like once you get that, that that doubt you start to see him differently. And so Ryan did a really great job with that. I'm psyched to see this is on the 23rd. 
This comes, comes out, out the 23rd. You can also feed the algorithm and watch it on the 23rd. Oh, I'm feeding the algorithm. Feed that algorithm. And we'll be right back after this. Looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without so much hassle? Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning future. Just spray today, rinse tomorrow, and voila! Enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing. It's the secret to a hassle-free clean bathroom that many are discovering. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner has proven its effectiveness on shower glass, fixtures, tiles, and more, ensuring everything shines with minimal effort. This product has gained a loyal following thanks to its once-a-week application that makes it a standout in the cleaning aisle. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner, available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on a chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to Effortless Clean. Did you know that it is Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Carden, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meath. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy, thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your pup. They deserve to be spoiled every month. At Bark, we send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, we give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com slash Rob for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's get back to petting our dogs. I'm always interested in like in something on Netflix. After I watch something, what it tells me I'm going to like based on what I just watched. Well, I, I have that. some info on that because Ooh, we took tell. our meeting with Netflix and they tell you, they give you their marketing pitch and they tell you everything they're going to do and stuff like that. And they tell you about what boxes they think it will tick uh, based on preliminary research. And our movie actually goes into a lot of random categories, kind of bleeds into these other categories that have to do with like suspense, maybe murder. I think weirdly like sci-fi was in there. Like it has less to do with the category and more to do with things that are tangentially related to that category. So you're going to get a lot of weird shit. <laughs> um, so just maybe replay the movie. That that meeting that you had at Netflix, I had the same on a, a little movie. I did a like a Christmas holiday sort of sweet, you know, fun for the whole family movie. Yeah. And that meeting is so impressive that they have where they tell you like they – Here's the factoid I came away with, which was amazing, is no matter if it's a, a couple, if the movie is starring a man and a woman, no matter how big a star the man is, no matter how big, the box with the woman featured mm. will get more people to watch it. Yeah, I, I believe that. And that if the, care, if the people in the ad box are looking away, more people watch it if they're looking down the lens directly. 
More people watch it if they're looking down the lens? Yes, yes. And the other thing is they're trying to figure out, they think, but they haven't been able to prove, there's something around the color background as well. Oh, like, yeah. But they don't know what, what it is yet. yet. But like it, green is better than red, which is better than white. Or is better. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, like the emotions... Like it may might make you feel scared, but do you want that, you know, or do you want to feel inviting or do you want to feel turned on or hungry or yeah, there's like a whole language to that. And the woman part of it, you know, for so long, it was so hard, like in Hollywood, like as a woman, it's like, oh, you can't have that. We still, we can't have a, a late night show no matter how much I try. Um, or you can't have, and there are a couple and you can't have, you can't show you doing this or women don't get to do that. And I think women are, so complex. I, being a feminist, meaning I appreciate men and women equally. Uh, I definitely, this is going to sound horrible. Like if it's about a murder, people know that they'd rather hear about a woman being murdered than a man. Like what headline works for you better? Like when a sultry teacher is abducted or when like an overweight middle-aged guy keels over in a subway. (laughs) Yeah. Murder in a sports bar or murder in a sorority. You tell me. Yes. It's always, there's always, fortunately, unfortunately, like a sexual element. And it's always a hot girl. Like I loved Mayor of Easton, but like it centers around like a hot young girl dying. Nobody wants to hear like when the town dump truck goes missing. (laughs) It's like, all right, well, it's always got to be this innocence because attractive women, I guess, are innocent. So they didn't have it coming. And I'm like, what about the rest of people? But doesn't that make you want to do the the comedy version of it where it is? The the guy, this third guy in the back of the dump truck, and it it spawns an entire eight episode Netflix show. I mean, there are show, like True Detective. Oh, I think True Detective. I think that was still a girl. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of show- Bosch is one of my favorite shows, and I'll actually be on season seven. Amazing. I got that gig because I was such a super fan, and I sent like 15 tweets about how much I love the show. So never underestimate enthusiasm, folks. No, for sure. Um, but even in my movie, like I play a stand-up comedian and that's not because I can't act and be something else. I just, for so long, I was told nobody wants to see a girl as a stand-up comedian. And now Here's, we have Wait, shows- wait, here, let me stop you. How, yeah. how can that be? I mean, because I, I hear, you hear it all the time. Women aren't funny. Nobody wants to see- Oh, not that. even that's that. Such, what the fuck is it? Why, is it's that, not that, even really- women aren't funny. It's It's- you know, you pitch shows. I would write pilots every year. And I'm like, she's a stand-up comedian, but it's not about the comedy. You know, it's about her family. And now we have shows like Hacks and Marvelous Miss Maisel and stuff like that. But for the longest time, it was just unrelatable. And I'm like, but think of all these men that get to be stand-ups in their own sitcoms. And it's totally acceptable. And so this was my sort of saying, like, this is what's real. This is an honest script. And this serves the narrative. And I'm doing this because everyone said that I wasn't allowed to for so long. So she's a stand-up as I am. I just It's so funny because comedy is the one thing that's like people are either laughing or they're not laughing. And it's like totally. I, I just don't I, – I, it's so odd. I, I remember doing, a, com, doing a, a Broadway comedy and I knew that the New York Times critic was in the audience that night. And it killed. Next day the review came out. Horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And I started thinking, but everybody in the theater was laughing. He was there. But I guess it's like, but then I kind of go on the other side of it. I go, look, there are long running famous sitcoms, which I won't name, that I have never even cracked a smile at. I literally had this conversation this morning. Just because something, it's like that question, like because something's popular, does it make it good? And it depends on who you ask. So if you talk about L.A. and New York, we're always going to have a different bar where as most of the art we make is for the rest of the country. And so it doesn't funny is so subjective. You're saying what's funny to you. He's a critic. So he's probably probably has more of a discernible taste than the regular uh, audience member. But I guess you just have to decide, like, who are you making your art for? And hopefully that audience just finds you, at least as a stand up, you know. Well, the other thing is, if you're the person making it at the end of the day, if you don't think it's funny, you're dead. So, oh, God, yeah. And I think a lot of I think that's the downfall for a lot of people. They're like, I'll just do it. People can smell authenticity and they can smell commitment. And I think a lot of. Yeah. When something's lacking that you can smacks of it. It's like, could you do 
And I don't, it's, it's going to sound like I'm being a snob. I'm, because I'm, I'm a lot of things. I'm not really a snob. Well, I guess I am. Yeah, um, come on. I got a little snobbish in me. <laughs> but like, could you do the multi camera? You, I'm sure you've been offered a lot of them. The multi camera sitcom network down the middle. Let's think of like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's build the show for you right now. Let's just take a minute. Let's open a, let's open a little room here, a little, little writer's okay. room right now. Okay. Okay. Um, you have recently moved, grew up in Greenwich, New York. Okay. And in the village? Uh, Oh no! I think let's let's do Greenwich, the suburb. Like so let's make you like super privileged. Okay. Greenwich, Connecticut, in like your suburban, like yeah. Greenwich Country Club. Yeah. And now you find yourself where? Um, family lost all their money. They don't know how it happened. It's Shit's Creek. That's okay, Shit's Creek. Creek. That's a good one. <laughs> um, a great one. It's a great, but we're we're doing the not great one. We're trying to okay. build. The, we're not trying to do something. We're doing the not great version here. Okay, so she the the family lost all their money, or did she just get left out of the will? Ooh, great bingo! She got left okay. out of the will. Okay, now now she's opened to get to the bottom of it. She's opened her own detective agency. How about that? Oh, I don't. How about that for bad? Her own agency, so she's doing this for other. And so, does it find? No, it you're right. She has a passion for doing this for other people. No, no, she just wants to to find out what happened to herself, to, her, to well, herself, her fa- or to her, to her to her family lost her money. Does she wants to? She's opened a detective agency to do that, and hijinks ensue because now she runs a detective agency, and she's got a lot of other detectives that work for her that are funny. It's like Bernie but Miller, but as a detective agency. How's that but, for a dated reference? Uh, <laughs> an executive would be like, but she doesn't have any money. So how did she open an agency? She, and I'll give you the executive note. Um, she feels unlikable mm. already just already. because she's a woman. Yeah. yeah. She's unlikable <laughs> and, she's, and not sexual enough, but it's too sexual. That's amazing. She feels unlikable. What are we doing to make her more likable? Can she apologize more? That's amazing. <laughs> she, she feels, um, I think we need to protect her character a little more. How about that one? Yeah. We need to protect her, protect her, the character, which means make it likable. Yeah, we need to populate her world with, it has to, everybody with multicultural father figures. We need a male presence in this, but we need to populate her world with other storylines, but still make her strong. But not too strong. Not too strong. It's going to upset everyone's boner. So how do we make her, can we break one of her legs and just have her crawl and then eventually realize that she needs a husband. Yeah, that works for me. Could you that do works. that? Could you do that sitcom? And you know, it's not funny. You go to work every day. It's never made you laugh. Not once ever. But it's, you know, it's going to run for 75 years. <sighs> you know, I actually, from the bottom of my heart, I know every actor is like, yeah, we'll just do it. Only because I've worked so hard to afford my own choices as a yeah. stand-up. Yeah. I guess I'm like, I don't have to take that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a movie is different because a movie, it lives forever, but you don't have to answer to it forever because it's not running and ongoing. Right. And you don't know. You don't know if it's going to be brilliant in the end. You know, you could give Taika Waititi like a, like literally a Ralph's receipt and he would make it into a brilliant movie. Right. <laughs> so... I don't know if I would do that for a TV show. I, for, for me, for me, I've always found that like, because not not everything we can we do can can nobody bats a thousand. Ty Cobb in baseball didn't bat a thousand. Nobody does. No, no, there's no nobody goes. You know, fourteen for fourteen. I like how you said Ty Cobb in baseball, as if you're like Ty Cobb in the kitchen, the inventor of the Cobb salad. <laughs> <laughs> didn't bat a thousand. Ty, that's right. Ty Cobb in the kitchen. Ty, the salad worked for him. The, yeah, the co- the co- the cob steak did not catch on. No cob steak, <laughs> not a thing. Not a thing. That, that, the salad crazy. did. So, like yeah. I'm saying, not every convent the Thai cob salad. Absolutely, <laughs> the Thai cob salad. That's such a sports grill item menu. <laughs> it's so bad. What a bad. I get a home then. run, a Thai cob salad, and Arnold Palmer. I don't know. <laughs> By the way, I, that's that's yummy. I want that. I want to go that's to that tasty. restaurant. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't think LA has restaurants like that, which is like a huge pet peeve of mine. You go to other cities, their 
they like you go to like Denver. They're like, we have human sized Jenga on the patio. You can paint with your dog. And this is make your own margarita in L.A. We're like, this is a two by two slab of asphalt. There's a three hour wait and we're closed like, (laughs) and you can't eat here. And our general manager is a squirrel and everything is small batch lavender infused. Like it's just, we don't have like a Tony Romas. We had one in Encino at closed. Oh, we did. Oh, I know that it was genius. We don't have a Chili's. You got to go to Burbank. Like we don't have like a thing that's like, we don't have like those fun corporate restaurants. We we don't have hamburger Hamlet anymore. So what are we doing? (laughs) Hamburger Hamlet, the lobster bisque, at Hamburger Hamlet was like, it powered me through the 80s. That and kamikazes. Right, that's on the west side, or it was, right? Yeah. There's one in the right. valley and there's one at Doheny. But that's still a small thing. Like, when I'm just saying, like, you other said you want, you want like a Chili's? You want like a Chili's in Fair, on Fairfax? Is that what we're I want like, like an upscale it? Chili's. I, I, want, I want something easy and tasty. You like, want a I, yeah. Cheesecake Factory? Well, there's one in Beverly Hills. Does that count? It, yeah, maybe. Just something like, you know what's tasty? B.F. Chang's. It's hard to get. Even like the Beverly, what's the, not Houston's. It's called like uh, Beverly Grill or something. Like they don't do takeout and you got to go all the way to Century City. Bev- that, that's a good one. South Beverly Grill. Tasty. A good grill? Anything with a grill in it, I'm down. A good grill. Just a grill. Just a good, how about we open a restaurant? A good grill. You were good with titles. It's just say, that's a good grill, and it's a grill for dogs, but not dog meat. It's just for dogs to go. You can bring your dog. <laughs> not that's dog a good grill. Just to be clear, not dog meat. To be legally clear, it's not quote unquote dog meat. <laughs> <laughs> Asterisk, fine print. It's dog meat. Oh, it is dog meat. <laughs> <laughs> or, or it is dog meat. Um, you're funny. I've had fun doing this. I know that Thanks. I, more than anything, I want to watch your movie now. Big time. Please do. And you gotta you gotta come out to a. Sh- I don't. Do you live in? You live in LA. I, I live in Santa Barbara. When are you doing your a show you nearby? Live in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Santa Barbara. Off the top of my head, I don't know. But we've got actually no. It is on the tour schedule. Santa Barbara. It's in 2022. But if you ever want to come to LA, you want to see a show at the Comedy Store, or if I'm ever playing, we'd love to give you tickets. Have you come out or take your private plane? Wait, I'll take my private plane yeah. and land it. Yeah. Um, in front of the Comedy Store. Great. And right there. And um, and I expect to be heckled. Uh, you know, we had Mike Tyson the other night. Um, oh, my God. Did you he, he did was, you call him out? You were like, you have to. Right. If you no, see Mike Tyson sitting in the front row. What am I going to call out? You would just Something. say his name. Yes. He was, here's here's the thing that you have to like. So it was Mike Tyson with Bobby Brown. Right. Oh, what? You, you, come on. I know. I have thoughts, but they were, we were in the main room, which is the biggest room of the comedy store. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know until I got off stage that they were there. Cause we're all whispering about it. They were seated in the very back row, which you have to respect that. They were like, look, like we're not trying to be part of this. We're in the back row. You can't even see the back row. So, you know, you'd leave that alone. But if someone's like, yes. if someone's in the front row, they want to be part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. They're asking, they're, well, or as I can say, they're asking for it. They paid extra. Yeah. They're asking for it. Yeah, if any part of the of the lights mm-hmm. are hitting you mm. while you're in the audience, you're asking for it. So next time. Next time. Next. It's all good. Um, well, you can tell those workmen to start sawing away. Cue the saws. You can tell them they can start again. Cue the saws. This was fun. Thank you for coming for coming on. It was really it was really just cash. Roblo, I. I'm such a fan of the podcast and you, and I was so excited that you guys said yes. So thank you. Thanks for Yay! letting me come on and push my wares. I'm so glad you like the pod. I'm, I love doing it. Love it. Yeah. Who wouldn't? You get to sit in the dark and talk to famous people and make a bunch of money. I mean, really, no one's ever described it quite like that, but I'm not going to lie. That pretty much is what it is. That's what it is, folks. I actually put on makeup for this because I thought it was, we needed to capture the visuals. Well, and yeah. see, you did it anyway. <sighs> I come prepared and they were like, Rob will be here with his jawline and his hair. And I was like, I don't have those things. That's why I put this makeup on. So, you know, somebody wants to take a screen grab, but I did. I always come prepared. What I lack in professional connections, I make up for in preparedness. So here I am. I know. You ever have things where like, just as you start to fall asleep, you remember something, you kind of laugh out loud. Yeah. Or, and it right. scares my husband. It's so creepy to have your partner laughing. While I know my, mine is going to be 
Thai cop steak. Didn't catch on. It didn't catch on. That's what you'll be laughing at. It didn't catch on like the salad did. Can I just say one thing? No. Bacon, blue cheese, and egg should definitely go on a steak. So it, maybe it's just not a thing yet. You would have thought it would have caught on. Caught on. Didn't. Give it a minute. When we open our, our Houston's. You know what? I think you have the power to invest in something like that. And I will be there at friends and family day one. Let me just ask you this though, before we go. Yeah. In the eighties, when everything, when like the Brat Pack was storming around town and everything was cool. Do you realize that the place that we hung out that was the shit was a hard rock cafe? Oh man. You guys were Garbage. Garbage. (laughs) Garbage. But the, but the, the nachos come in a can. Where was it? <laughs> this is how cool it was. It was on yeah. the ground floor of the Beverly Center. How cool is that? I mean, it's, you want to talk about exclusive. No, it's really cool if you're like a, an Italian or Persian tourist. That's the place to go. But that was the, but, but it was, it was the, can you imagine? At the time, but the hard rock of it all, like you're like, I just got to. Well, I've got to eat this corporate hamburger and stare at Elvis Costello's guitar strap. I was going to say, I was going to, yeah, I was going, how, I mean, if I, I just want to see one more of Elvis Costello's a pretty good one. He's too cool. It would be Eddie Van, it would be one of Eddie Van Halen's guitars that he touched only when he autographed it. Right. Of course. In a, in a case. Let me just say this, because they have hard rock cafes all over the world and, it's where Americans go to eat when they're abroad if the if they can't get into the embassy. <laughs> That's it's exactly, like, the yes. U.S. embassy is like the lines forming at the bar of the Hard Rock. And you're like, I just need to eat these nachos. Oh, I miss my home. Can you get me out of here? I, I, yeah, I need to get back home. My passport stamped. This has been great. Thank, Thank you. you so much. This was great. Appreciate. Bye. Nice to you. Bye. Nice to you. See ya. See, I told you she was delish. You know what else would be delish? The Hard Rock Cafe, if it were open still. Let's go. You, me, Eliza, Judd Nelson, Anthony Michael Hall, in the corner with French fries and ranch dressing. Washed down with a kamikaze. What do you think? Eliza, what do you think? Oh, she's gone. That's right. She already left. Damn it. Forgot to talk to her about that. All right. Anyway, it is time for the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hey, Rob. It's me, Eric Tyler from Indiana. And I've got a question. Let me ask you something, man. If you were in the house and you ran out of bread... And all you've got are hot dog and hamburger buns. Which one do you use to eat? Meat on. I mean, it doesn't even have to be meat. It can be chili or something like that. But, like, is there a difference? Eatability? Taste-wise? That's what I want to know. Thanks, Rob. Eric out. Well, Eric, you Indianians, which, by the way, you're called Hoosiers. I know you know that. You're from Indiana, as my family is. Um, I had a hot dog last night and had a full debate with myself at the Dodger game, whether I was going to take it out of the bun or not. Um, I went with the bun twice, in fact, and I kind of regret it. Um, but you cannot eat a hot dog without though, cause it's round and slippery and what have you. Cause with, 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 um, Burgers now, I just, I eat them protein style. I just use the lettuce as the bread product. So I guess it's a long-winded way of saying I don't give a crap about the, 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 the um, bun on a, on a hamburger. Hamburger buns are, they could cease to exist and I, my life wouldn't change appreciably at all. So if there was a fire in my house, and and I had both of them. I, the, the one I would run out carrying like a little baby would be the hot dog bun because I, I don't know how to eat a hot dog without that. And that, sir, is my answer. Um, I will see you next week on this show. 
um, which is literally with me, Rob Lowe. Thanks for, uh, for, for the, thanks for the download. Bye. You have been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe. Produced and engineered by me, Devin Tory Bryant. Executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile. Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Stitcher. The supervising producer is Aaron Blaird. Talent producer, Jennifer Sampas. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here, there, but when I, when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's, I love it, and I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little, little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires.